got, um, as you know, we've been very blessed by having the men from Vanuatu uh, be a part of our fellowship here for the last few months. And we're, we're blessed to have uh, been introduced to John Jury, who uh, is from Nairn, but has had a, uh, a number of years ministry over in Vanuatu. And so he was very keen to come along and meet our men from Vanuatu. And he's asked to, to share some of his testimony with us today. So uh, I'd like to invite John to come forward. Would it be okay if I... We just pray that your word will be spoken, your will will be done, that you might speak to each of us today through the word and through the teaching of others. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, John. Yeah. Um, a bit of a pity. I, I had uh, some slides of Vanuatu and a few other things I put together, but I did it on a Mac computer and it won't work on that. Um, never mind. Uh, but it's sort of a... And there's only three here. Goodness me. Brother John Belong, Adelaide. Yeah. So um, I've done 13 trips over to Vanuatu and I have seen incredible things happen. Um, but I'll, I'll give a bit of my testimony before I do that. Um, back in... Uh, sort of stems back to when I was a, when I was a lad. Now, all the young people go, oh, I'm not another <laughs> now, when I was a lad, I was 20 years of old, I, I, I found myself in Vietnam. And it sort of like happened to be a war going on there at the moment. And so um, with me, they, uh, they'd train me up to drive earth-moving equipment. And so um, I went out with all these bulldozers uh, and they're big D9s. If, if, if you know what that means, the, the tracks are up here. You know, they're sort of massive machines. And uh, one of the machines... Uh, Two guys come out of the jungle with a big rocket, fired it, and blew it to bits. So they had to bring another one up and they need another driver, yours truly. So I'm not a Christian. I'm just an average Aussie, you know. But I tell you what, <laughs> one scared boy. And I'm sort of sitting in this thing and I'm thinking, I remember one guy turning around, he, he had a big M60 machine gun, a big backpack and, and bullets all over the place. And I looked at him and the poor guy could hardly walk through the weight and I turned around and looked at him and I said, uh, man, I feel sorry for you. He said, man, I feel sorry for you. You're the biggest target around here. <laughs> Didn't have to tell me that. You know? <laughs> uh, but at any rate, so I found that what I would do, not knowing God, not knowing if he was real, uh, I found myself faced in a situation where it says there's no atheists in foxholes. And it's true. So I started asking God for help. Because I'm, if I'm stuck in the middle of a minefield, the guys aren't going to come in and get me because they'll get blown up too. So I kept getting these directions. Don't go that way, go this way, or turn over here and all this sort of thing. And I found if I listened to that voice, everything worked. Not knowing God, I'm thinking, hey, this is, this is not bad. I'm getting out of a lot of scrapes here. I'm, I'm avoiding things. And uh, so I got through the whole thing and I made a promise. I said, OK, God, wherever you are, wherever you are, when I get back to Australia, I'll find you just to say thank you. You know, so I got through to the day where I remember my tent mate came out in a helicopter and he said, uh, pack your bags, John, it's your lucky day, you're going home. So up I went on the helicopter and that was it. He lasted two weeks, by the way. And so I 
came back to Australia and I thought to myself, ah, you got out of it, forget all about it, just go on with life. So I went on with life for quite some years. But then this nagging thought, didn't you make a promise to God to go and say thank you? And I thought, hmm, where is he? So I started checking around in all the churches. And I used to ask one simple question. Do you believe in God? Yes. Why? Now, don't forget, I've had nothing to do with churches at all. The moment they turned around and said to me, oh, because the Bible says you've lost me, because I don't know whether the Bible is the word of God or not. I just knew that there was a God who saved me. So I'm going through things. And finally, I'm over a person's friend or friend's place one night playing cards and I came armed with my grog and my smokes and everything else like that. And, uh, and I think they're about the only couple that would put up with my foul mouth. So this plumber walks in and he started telling me about God and I'm thinking, oh, have a beer. And I'm blowing smoke in his face. Come on, just have a beer. And he wasn't really interested. So I said, do you believe in God? And he said, yes. And I said, why? He said, because I received the Holy Spirit and spoke in tongues. And I thought, well, at least this man's got a reason more than the other guys, you know. So I thought, all right. So he said, i got a question for you. Do you want to know God? I thought, oh, okay. All right. So he prayed for me on the lounge, room floor. I was on my knees. And I almost spoke in tongues. Scared the living daylights out of me. So I shut my mouth, grabbed my wife and went on home. Stayed staring at the ceiling till 4.30 in the morning and I said, was that you, God? Yeah. I said, okay. One thing I'd like, okay, uh, I never want to touch cigarettes again as long as I live. Now with that, the cigarettes went, the booze went, my foul mouth went and I woke up in the morning a completely different person. Well, I went and got baptised that next day uh, like the Bible says, and I come out of the water and it was like a hand grabbed hold of my jaw and away I went speaking in other tongues. I was quite content just sit in a church and go along for a while. And 25 years go, oh, let's back up a bit. Two weeks after this experience, I was flying a plane down towards Kangaroo Island and the motor failed, only had one. And so the plane actually came down on the top of a small hill in a very tiny paddock, probably about as long as the block of land here, which is totally impossible, according to the rule book. And uh, I sat in the cabin looking at this fence, and I said, how did I do that? And this big voice boomed out and says, you didn't do it, John, I did. Well, I tell you what, that shocked me, because, OK, all of a sudden I'd, I'd sort of found myself in, in a church but I did not know that God spoke to you. And so, OK, well, that's fine. 25 years goes by, and I'm just sitting there as part of the church. Okay? And then finally one day, 4 o'clock in the morning, wide awake, and God says... I didn't know it was God, by the way. And I says, get out of bed and read the Ten Commandments. I'm going, no, I'm tired, I want to go to sleep. Get out of bed and read the Ten Commandments. So I did that. Went out of bed and read Exodus 20. Then I'm heading off back to bed again. God says, read them again. I'm thinking, I'm missing something here. I don't know what it is. So I read Exodus 19, 20, 21, heading off back to bed. Read them again. This is crazy. All right. 
So I read them again, I went through verse by verse till I finally got it. Right at the end of Exodus 19, it said, so Moses went down the mountain to the people. Okay, big question mark. Where's Moses? Down the mountain with the people. Where's the two stone tablets? Not there. Okay, something's wrong somewhere. I've always been led to believe he goes up, you know, you've seen Charlton Heston, comes down with the two stone tablets, not there. So I get it. When two million people walked in the desert and came out to the mountain, God spoke to everyone. And I thought, well, if he speaks to everyone, he can talk to me. Probably that's what he's trying to show me. So I started talking to God and getting answers. Now, next thing you know, my daughter rings up and said, Dad, you should go to Vanuatu. And I'm going, no. And she said, ask God. So I said, ask God, do you want me to go to Vanuatu? Yes. Really? Where's that? Don't know. So I went. Went to Vanuatu and um, lovely people there. You know, they're all sort of like lots of little villages all over the place. So I was walked out the front of a motel where I'm staying one day and this lady comes up with her grandson and she took, looks at me and she says, are you John? And I go, yeah. And she says, can you come and pray for my husband? And I went, sure, no worries. I mean, easy as pie, isn't it? So I go down there and here's this guy, he'd had a stroke six years previous, sitting in a chair like that. And that was his life, from the bed to the chair, to the toilet, back to the chair and back to bed. Not a very good life. So I looked at him, his arms like this, real skinny, and so is his right leg. So I looked at him, and I tell you what, you would have thought the same as me. And I looked at him and I thought, why don't we just put you in a box and put the lid on it? You know, Because he really did look terrible, you know? So I thought, all right, I'll do the Christianly thing and I'll pray for him. So I started praying for him and God spoke and said, tell him to stand up. So that sounds easy, doesn't it? I argued. I'm, sit I'm there and I'm saying, how's he going to stand on a leg like that, for goodness sake? It's just a skinny stick. God says nothing. So I'm looking over. So, okay, give it a go. So I said, you stand up now. And he does. Like this. <laughs> I'm thinking, what good's that? So, so at any rate, I, I'm praying for him a bit more. And I said, now what, God? I said, tell him to walk. How's he going to do that? Look at his leg. I'm thinking, well, what's the point of arguing with God? So I said to him, okay, you walk now. So he takes two shuffling steps, runs out the front door, and he's gone. <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> Never seen anything like it. Well, from that point, this is in Port Villa, I got taken from house to house to house. I could not walk the street. And from there, I got taken to village, to village, to village. And then from there, I got taken to island, to island, to island. Now, um, a lot of the things I documented by taking photographs. Uh, some of the things I missed on. Uh, a chap over there, his son came with me. And he's got pages, hours of all these different things where you see a person that's blind, get their sight back. Someone's crippled and got up and walked. And uh, it's, yeah, it's just, it's amazing. I don't know what it is about the Vanuatu people, but they just believe that when you pray for them, God will do something, right? And uh, I prayed for a lady one time, and she said to me, will you come over to my island? I said, yeah, sure. So I did. 
In fact, what I did that time is I took probably half the church that I belonged to with me. And when we were, we were there, uh, we were told there's an old man waiting for us. And I'm thinking, well, I don't know anything about this old man. So a few of us went in to this old man's house. It's like a hut on the beach, you know, with that, the floor is sand. And he's sitting on a mat. So at any rate, his legs are all buckled and twisted up. And uh, so I thought, ah, I've seen that with a guy over in Port Villa. You're no different. And you see what I mean by this? That your faith might extend there, but once God starts doing things in your life, you're extended out there. And when I saw this guy with his legs, I thought, ah, God can do that. I know that because I've seen that. You see? So what I did is I, uh, uh, myself, my wife and a few others prayed for him and he stood up. Right? So I um, thought, well, that's pretty good. You know, his legs are fine now. And he starts walking into this big post in his, in his hut. And I said to him, are you all right? And his wife came over and said, oh, he's blind. So my wife goes over and she puts her hands on his eyes and I prayed for him. And then uh, next thing he's looking at my wife and she says, you can see me, can't you? And he goes, yep. So he walked out into the village totally healed from blindness and being a cripple. What do you think the rest of the village did? My goodness. Talk about being crowded. But those are the sorts of things um, that we saw in Vanuatu, purely because the people believe. And I believe they can happen here in Australia. I really do. You know, but the trouble is, all day long, we're getting taught unbelief, aren't we? You know? I mean, like, you watch a commercial on television that this soap powder washes better than the other soap powder and, and you'll be saying in your head, no, it doesn't. I, I use this powder and that's better than that. So already the commercial that you're watching is unbelief in your head, isn't it? And this happens all the time, this unbelief. Well, they don't get that over there. They're lucky to see a TV, you know? And it's, and it's pretty amazing that when you tell them, you know, that these things will happen, you know, they just, I walked into a church one day. It's about 400-plus people taken to this island. And I said... Let me tell you what's going on in Vanuatu. And I gave them a few testimonies of people that were being healed. And they knew the people. They knew the people. At any rate, I said, uh, so, who, who here wants to be healed? Looked around. And they all looked over to their elders. And I thought, oh, so you want your direction from your elder to be able to ask me whether you want to be healed or not. So I went, fine, I'll go and sit down. So... I went to sit down and this little guy comes out and he's blind in his right eye and he says, I want to be healed. And I said, okay, do you believe when I lay my hands on you, God will heal you? And he looks and he goes, yes. Well, that's exactly what happened. And then his sight came back in his right eye. So all the elders sitting in the front row, he went and put his hand over his left eye, which is the one he used to see out of, and looked at each one of them. And they should have seen him squirm because they haven't got answers. Only God's got the answer. So anyway, I've done 13 trips over there. And then finally, one day, um, that was it. God just said to me, that's enough. Oh, could let me go a few more, you know, but when God says that's enough, I mean, it's pointless. Like Moses said... 
God, I'll go with you if you go. I'll go in the direction you're going to take me if you go with me. But if you don't go with me, I'm not going. And that's what I found with Vanuatu. So it just came to a point where it finished. But I thought I'd like to come and say hello to the Vanuatu folk, even though there's only three of you. Yeah, I've been to most of the islands around the place. Um, I think, oh, I could name the islands, but anyway, God bless you. Welcome to Australia. Enjoy it. All right, I'll, I'll leave it there. Kind of shocked you all, haven't it? <laughs> I'll bring this one up because I need it, but I might save this one for next week. Thank you, John, for sharing with us today. Thank you for your word to us. I do believe God does still do miracles. There are some churches that they think, well, that was, that was just for a time. That was just for the, the period of the New Testament. And I think sometimes, I, I do believe God is sovereign, and sometimes we can pray in absolute faith and he can say, as he says to Paul, that my, my grace is sufficient for you and my power is made perfect in your weakness. But sometimes that can take us to then not expecting God to do anything. I think, I don't know if you've felt that way, sometimes we can, we can get discouraged and we can wonder whether God will do these miracles, whether God will do these great things. John, as you were sharing with us, uh, I just really couldn't help but keep on thinking about our life series that our church is going to be doing. And it's starting next Sunday, cried out loud. And I've been out sharing with people that we're having this life series at church and we'd love you to come and getting dozens and dozens of maybes, maybe. And it can be easy to be discouraged and feel like we're trying to take the word to people and is God going to use it? Of course God's going to use it. Why would he have us here? Why would he have planted us in this place if not to be his light, if not to do his will and share his word? And so as much as I am excited and I love hearing stories of people being healed. And I pray that that will be things that we'll see in faith. I pray also that we'll see those who are dead in their transgressions come to life in Christ. That those who are lost in darkness and blind to the things of God will see a great light. And I thank you, John, for that Reminder, yes, we do get our understanding, our fullness of our understanding of God from the Bible. But when people come to us saying, why do we believe in God? We need to have an answer for the hope that we have. I believe in God because he's there. I believe in God because when I pray, he hears me. I believe in God because... I know he's there and he's with me. So thank you for that, John. I don't have, I, I have a message, but I might save that for another day.
But I just... Um, today's been an interesting day. Today has... I wasn't quite sure until John got here that, that he had some things that he wanted to share. And so we had a big discussion and, and we've had... Um, we've gone as God has led. And I pray that you'll just be encouraged. That what God does, the amazing miracles, but the miracle that we can sometimes take for granted that people come from death to life, from hell the clutches of the enemy into God's kingdom. That's a miracle. And these things still happen today. So let's have faith in that. I think we'll come around the Lord's table. I invite those... We normally have a hymn before that, don't we? We've got all prep for that. God, I pray that you'll guide us, that you will have us to be your light in the darkness, that you'll have us to shine, to be salt and light, to be your kingdom on this earth until it comes in full. Help us to be a part of that great mission, going to all nations, including the nation of Australia, with the good news, proclaiming it to them, teaching them all that you've commanded and baptising them in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. Lord, we thank you that you have offered us a salvation that we could never have earned. That because of what Jesus has done on the cross, we have a hope of everlasting life. We thank you for your amazing grace that saved a wretch like me. In Jesus' name. Amen.